Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Beat My Guest. I'm your host, AJ Mass. If you're new to the show, each week I invite a guest to sit in the hot seat and field questions in a wide variety of topics, earning points for the episode on a scale of 1 to 100. For those of you playing along at home, you have but one task set before you, and that is to see if you can beat my guest. But before you can beat my guest, you need to meet my guest, so let's give a warm welcome to today's guest, Asha Youssef. Asha, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am doing just fine and dandy. It has been behind the scenes, folks. I mean, you know, there's nothing hidden here. We've had some technical difficulties. We've had uh, a few uh, starts, some fails, but I think that is just the precursor to what's surely going to be one of the most exciting episodes of Beat My Guest. Uh, I'm making the prediction. I'm, I'm going out on the limb here. I'm calling it here. Asha, uh, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself and uh, what makes you so absolutely perfectly special for such a perfectly special, wonderful episode? <laughs> and, uh, no pressure at all. No pressure at all. Well, my name is Asha. I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. Um, I don't know what makes me fabulous. I just am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Kentucky, you're going to have a, a big race coming up uh, this weekend. Yeah, I've heard something about that. <laughs> big uh, weekend around here. Two weeks of partying for... One race. Actually, it's not one race. It's like 15 races, but nobody else cares about the other ones. Yeah, yeah. The, the TV cameras <laughs> only come out for the one big one. Right. And everyone uh, <laughs> takes their hats off, drinks uh, the, their mint juleps. Uh, mint juleps, right? Is that, is that mint the one? Mint juleps, yes. Yeah, okay. Woohoo! Got the right one there. It's not like milk. That's the Indianapolis 500. I know. The right. Big, the big Kentucky-Indianapolis in, uh, rivalry. Uh <laughs> <laughs> well, Asha, uh, thank you so much for joining the hot seat today. Let me go over the basic rules of the game. Uh, there are going to be four rounds of four questions apiece. In each round, I will let you know the categories in order that we'll be using for that round. Before I read each question, you get to lock in how many points you wish each question to be worth. Get it right. You get the points. It is just that simple. And there's also going to be a halftime bonus for 10 points. At the end of the game, you get to field what we call the confidence question, which will be your last chance to try and improve your final score. But I will explain all that nonsense when we get there. We cannot get there until we kick off uh, said nonsense with round one. Are you ready to hear the categories for today's game, Asha? Sure. <laughs> you, you sound so hesitant. Uh, you know, how bad can it possibly be? <laughs> well, let's ask Tristan. No, no, no. <laughs> he's not here. Uh, round one is always the point values available to you are one, three, five, and seven. Here are the categories we're going to be using tonight. We're going to kick things off with what comes next. Uh, then we're going to follow it up with history. Move along to everybody's favorite category. Say it along with me, folks. Only, Only in, in Florida. Florida. <laughs> yes, indeed. And we're going to wrap up round one with the potpourri. Before I ask you how much you'd like to wager on what comes next, Asha, as you know, this is our alphabet season, which means every single answer in an episode is going to start with the same letter, unless I say otherwise. Otherwise, a key word tonight for O is tonight's letter. So, Asha, every single answer, again, unless I say otherwise, we'll begin with the letter O. It could be the first name, could be the last name. If it's a title, it could be any of the words in that title, including that darned of on, uh, you know, I, I'm, I, I promise I've tried to avoid those as much as possible, but technically, I mean, those would be O's. So, it applies. Uh, 
it, it does is surprise oh you said applies never mind uh, <laughs> so, but i know you would not be that cruel to me i would not i would never <laughs> do such a thing you are one of my kind patrons and i thank you for your patronage and and uh since uh since you are a patron i will i will quickly hang on i gotta do some rewriting uh this this deck was originally for andy saunders no i'm kidding this is a joke <laughs> All right. What comes next is what comes first. So what comes first before what comes next is you to tell me how much you'd like to wager on what comes next. One, three, five, or seven. Oh, my goodness. These are hit or miss all the time. So let's go with three. Three points for what comes next. Good luck, and let's get this party started. Booth, Gito, Solgaz, what? Oh, my goodness. I know the answer to this question. <laughs> I'm so excited. So the funny thing is, I am writing a quiz for Triviality, and one of my questions just happens to be about people who have shot at presidents. So therefore, I do believe the answer to this one is Oswald. Oswald is your answer. It does begin with an O, so uh, well done on that regard there, regardless whether you're right or wrong. Uh, yes, uh, a lot of people have uh, attempted to kill sitting presidents, uh, of course. Uh, not all of them successful, so uh, you will not see Squeaky Frome on this list, uh, or uh, perhaps uh, Mr. Jody Foster. I mean, uh, John Hinckley. <laughs> <laughs> well, in his mind, that's the correct answer. Uh, yes, these are indeed the assassins in order. Lincoln, McKinley, Garfield, and JFK. Uh, don't celebrate too much because we're talking about presidential assassinations, but well done. Three points. Woohoo! That is a, a very good way uh, to start. And oh, oh no, Asha, bad news. Jack Ruby just killed your points. I can't give them to you. Oh no. I can't. I can't. Darn. <laughs> All right. Well done. Well done. History is up next. One, five, or seven. What say ye? Let's go one. One point on the history. Feeling uh, we got a little lucky with the historical. What comes next? Exactly. Let's <laughs> not tempt fate. I, I understand. Here is your one-point history question. In honor of their being the first ally of the American colonists joining in the revolution against the British, George Washington signed a 1794 treaty recognizing the sovereignty of who? Hmm. See, this is where I should have been reading my O encyclopedia this week. But I didn't know it was going to be O, so... Oh, no. <laughs> I kill me. <laughs> and usually if you weren't asking me the questions, I'd be laughing too. But um, I do not know. Uh, would you, you go to just tap out or would yeah, you like to tap out? Okay. You're going to tap out. Understood. Actually, it's only one point. I mean, you know. Oh, it's going to be a tough letter. Let me tell you, right into the questions, it was a tough letter. Yeah, so this was one of the Native American tribes that was uh, already here when uh, those first colonists arrived. Uh, and uh, they decided that they didn't like the British too much. And they thought, eh, maybe if we help out these plucky Americans, uh, they'll give us some land and let us keep uh, what we got. Uh, and for a while, they, they did. Uh, and then, you know... Slowly but surely, uh, the land went away, and uh, they've actually done a nice job over the years of getting back a large chunk of the original uh, boundaries of the treaty uh, that had been taken away. This would be not the Onondaga tribe from Syracuse, uh, which is where I went to college, but a New York tribe nonetheless, the Oneida Nation. Oneida. All right. 
Indeed, indeed. Well, you know, you can't get them all right. Nobody gets them all right. And I mean, well, this next one is it's been it's been it's been a crowd pleaser. It's been a a, a hair puller. Uh, five or seven points for only in Florida. Let's go five. Five points only in Florida. Brace yourselves, Sasha, for here uh, is this week's uh, foray into the Panhandle State. <laughs> I'm ready. Rolando Gonzalez was stopped by cops in Martin County after driving erratically. When asked to take the standard DUI test, what reason did he give for declining? Hmm. Something that starts with O that would be a reason for not submitting to a breathalyzer would be that he was from out of state out of state an excellent <laughs> response i mean you know that's certainly uh i i, I was wondering uh you know what i was trying to write the question again O's a tough letter especially right? in this in this category but oh don't you worry florida did not let me down <laughs> <laughs> well Rolando was zigging all over the road, zagging all over the road, and they pulled they pulled him over. Took him a while to get out of his vehicle, unfortunately. Uh, not so much because he was so drunk. And rest assured, oh, he was drunk. Um, he was just a very large man. And so when the cops said, hey, get out of the car, uh, took him a while. And then they said, okay, we're going to need you to walk in the straight line. And he said, I'm sorry, I'm 400 pounds. I am too obese. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he said that because of his obesity, that uh, I'm sorry, he's not going to comply with the DUI test. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. that worked very well for him. Uh, suffice to say, <laughs> uh, they did have a jail cell big enough for <laughs> Mr. Gonzalez. Wasn't voluntary. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I don't blame you for not getting that one right. <laughs> I, I would I would wager to say wager uh, to say out there the success rate on the only in Florida questions is probably one of the lowest <laughs> of all the categories. Although I'm hoping that it's inverse with the entertainment value of said questions. Please let me know at BMG Pod on Twitter. Uh, potpourri, Asha, is our last question in round one. You have saved the seven for potpourri. A good luck, and here we go with our seven point potpourri question. What product? which proudly boasts that it has 12 essential vitamins and minerals, was first sold in the town of Neuenegg, Sweden, in 1904. I imagine the answer is not going to be Oreo cookies. I am going to guess Ovaltine. Ovaltine. Any particular reason for that guess? Because V8 does not start with a zero? <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. oh, yeah. I could have had an 08. Yeah. Zero O, you know. <laughs> I know what you meant. <laughs> I'm telling you, these alphabet questions, they play with your mind. Yes. They get inside your head. So there was a minor hint in the fact that the name of the town is Neuenegg. Uh This is an egg-based product. It is an egg plus malt. The original name of this product is simply the uh, words for egg and malt, ovo and maltine. It was called ovo maltine. They spelled it wrong when they made up the trademark. And so from that point forward, it was called ovaltine. Correct. Well done. 
Thank you. Uh, that is quite the impressive first round. Uh, 10 points out of a possible 16, already in double digits. All right. Uh, you, you sound uh, pretty psyched, <laughs> and quite frankly, uh, you should, because uh, it's double digits this early, I think I'm just going to have to get more devious on you. <laughs> well, I was feeling much better about things. <laughs> Wait, quick, let me get the backup set. Now, you're fine. <laughs> We are going to move on to round two. Uh, the point values are going to increase to two, four, six, and eight categories. Well, they're, of course, going to change. And here are the categories that we're going to change to in round two. Kicking things off with science. Moving along to analogies. We're going to follow it up with A around the world. And we are going to wrap up the first half and round two with movies. First things first, science, two, four, six, or eight. Let's go for two. Two points. Not so hot on the science, are we? Not confidence. Fair enough. Um, Unless the answer is going to be oxygen, and then I will go back and go eight. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's <laughs> slow your roll, Missy Elliott. We're not going <laughs> to slam down, flip it, and reverse it. It's your burp, snarp, snarp, snarp. Uh, <laughs> here is your two-point, two-science question. Good luck. The Babylonians originally called this the true shepherd of Anu. The Egyptians called it Sa. By what name do we call it today? That is a great question. Why, thank you. <laughs> Fortunately, I do not have a great answer. Are you going to pass, or are you just going to guess oxygen so that you don't like kick yes, yourself? Yes, I'm going to guess oxygen. Okay, good. Because the last thing I would—I mean, the answer is not oxygen. All right, but I figured. <laughs> but the last thing I would want to have happen here is for you to tap out and for me to then go. <laughs> well, the Egyptians called saw oxygen. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, one of the things you know. Scientific discoveries. Obviously, uh, as we've gotten more technologically advanced, we've uh, discovered more things and therefore uh, have names of things that perhaps uh, they didn't know about back in the days of the ancient Egyptians and the ancient Babylonians. Uh, but one thing that has been pretty consistent is that we can see them stars in the sky. And so oh, constellations Orion. are things that, yes, indeed, it is the hunter Orion, the, the constellation formerly known as the True Shepherd of Anu. <laughs> Makes sense. I believe that was uh, they were going to party like it's 1999 BC or something like that. I, don't know. <laughs> I am so goofy when I record these. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to move along now to analogies. Four points, Asha. Six points or eight. The choice is yours. Let's go four. Four points for analogies. Good luck. And here is your four-point analogies question. Virginia is too loving, as Hodges is to what? Hmm. Well, being from Kentucky, Virginia is nearby. Virginia is for lovers, apparently. Let's think. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing, but I'm going to come up with something. Oops. Absolutely. I, no, I, I like the fact that uh, thinking <laughs> is usually preferred. <laughs> Let's say I want it to be something about Oklahoma. So <laughs> let's say Okie, like Okie from Muskogee. 
Oki from Muskogee. Sure, you can be proud to be an Oki from Muskogee. It's it's perfectly I'm not, acceptable. But I'm sure somebody is from there and can say that. Uh, <laughs> uh, although uh, Oklahoma is okay, uh, that answer sadly was not. Uh, <laughs> this actually has to do with the Supreme Court, believe it or not. The uh, case that uh, was heard by the Supreme Court that declared that uh, any laws prohibiting interracial marriage uh, were uh, null and void was the case of Loving versus Virginia. And so I'm looking for the uh, plaintiff in a case uh, versus Hodges that also was ruled on by the Supreme Court involving marriage. It is the uh, landmark ruling that uh, pretty much said that uh, same-sex marriage is now the law of the land. And the plaintiff in that case was Obergfell. Obergfell. Okay. Very important uh, case in American history. But uh, yes, obviously the analogy uh, formation with loving as a verb there, (laughs) it was intended to be tricky. Tricky, tricky. You know what? If you're going to get the first two questions of the round wrong, at least you've wagered the lowest amount of points on them, which still gives us plenty of time for a comeback here still in round two. Around the world is up next, Asha. You have a six and you have an eight. Let's go eight. Going eight for around the world. Excellent. Excellent. Have you been around the world and, and I, I, I can't have you found your baby? <laughs> I have not. I'm still looking. <laughs> okay, good. Very good. <laughs> uh, here is your eight point around the world question. Vladimir Putin opened the Berginsky Bridge in a ceremony in October of 2014 near one of the world's largest tin factories on the banks of what river? So, you know, Louisville's right on the Ohio River. So if you want to rework that question, that could be my answer. That'd be fabulous. You know, I, I, I will say I'm, I'm aware that uh, there has been uh, a lot of talk about Vladimir Putin having a lot of influence here in America. But I don't think we've gotten to that. At least I don't think. I really don't think we've gotten to the point where he's dedicating bridges here in the States. So I'm going to have to pass on that one. I can't blame a girl for trying. I do not know. Can't even think of another river that starts with an O now that I said Ohio out loud. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> how about how about we just say we go with a, the Ohio? Yes. Perfect. <laughs> right? No, it's very possible it is the Ohio River. It's uh you know, for your here in Vladivostok, Ohio. You never uh, know. Yeah, well, I know. <laughs> Pick up the card, though. I mean, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, this was uh, a bridge. Uh, it is uh, across one of the uh, longest rivers in the world. It's actually the seventh longest river in the world. It is located in that not-so-temperate uh, portion of Russia called Siberia. So perhaps, uh, you know, not too many uh, tourists to check out the uh, the fishing going on there <laughs> gulag however gulag you go to to the Berginsky bridge uh this is a river it's a long river but a short name simply the ob ob oh. ob yes sure once i tell you the answer it's very easy it's so easy <laughs> all right well we've hit a bit of a dry spell uh kind of ironic since we were just talking about the ob river <laughs> <laughs> Uh, six points, however, is left for you for a movies question. Do you get to the movies a lot? Are you a movie movie cinephile, as it were? Movies some. Okay. Well, hopefully, hopefully you may have seen this movie either in the theaters or on TV, or uh, maybe you've heard of it (laughs) in song and story. (laughs) 
6.30. If you can get this one right, good luck. I am pulling for you. Here's your question. Bill Murray plays a widowed zookeeper in this bomb of a film that culminates in a battle between Chris Rock and Lawrence Fishburne. What is it? Murray movies that were bombs that have an O in the title. I'm going to make up a movie whose name is going to be an orangutan named Otis. An orangutan <laughs> named Otis. Um, you know what? I think that might have been a better script. <laughs> Now, I know a lot of people out there might uh, hear Lawrence Fishburne and just, you know, think to themselves, well, I know Lawrence Fishburne was in Othello. So clearly, (laughs) Bill Murray and Chris Rock were not in Othello with Lawrence Fishburne. It's Kenneth Branagh. It's a different film. But uh, (laughs) this was, I mean, Bill Murray's playing a widowed zookeeper. It it has to be a great film, right? Uh, The the majority of this film actually takes place inside Bill Murray's body. Uh, this is partial live action, partial animation. Uh, Chris Rock plays a white blood cell who is uh, trying to uh, get Lawrence Fishburne, who is a germ, <laughs> to destroy uh, Bill Murray's immunity sy- immune system. Uh, it's an exciting, an exciting animated showdown as Bill Murray lies in a hospital bed with 108 fever. Uh, spoiler alert, he survives. <laughs> well, that's a relief. Yeah, this is a 2001 piece of uh, cinematic mwah, called Osmosis Jones. I've actually heard of that. <laughs> Not to be confused uh, with Orlando Jones, who's the no, uh, former Mad TV that. actor. Uh, <laughs> Osmosis All right. Jones. Yeah. I feel the need to get that on Prime right now. I mean, when we're done, of course. Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> hey, take your time. I mean, <laughs> I'll wait. Oof, eef, oof, eef. It's the Osmosis Jones Challenge. How far into the movie will you get before you go, ah, no, sorry, guys. Well, all right, so round two was not as good as round one. But you know what? It is not about the uh, you know the thin slicing it down. It is all about where you are when it all comes together. And the truth be told, Asha, is that you still have ten points as we head into the half, and that's still a pretty good start to this I'll game. Take it. Yes, as you know, halftime is going to be our bonus question, which is our only partial credit question of the game. Here is how it works. I am going to ask you a question with multiple answers. You're going to take a little bit of time to. Th- Think about your answers as we pause for a brief, very brief word from our non-existent sponsors. Ahem, ahem, ahem. And then once we've taken that break, I will come back and find out, hopefully, that you've come up with the correct answers to the following question. From 1983 through 1986, there were nine musical acts which appeared in the year-end ARC Weekly Top 100 Artist Lists that have an O word somewhere in their name. For two points each, I would like for you to name for me any five of these nine O artists. Take a little time to think about your answers, Asha, and we'll be back after the break. If you'd like to support Beat My Guest, helping to make more episodes like this possible, please consider becoming a patron, just like Brendan, Alex, Kintad, Mary-Kate, Ross, Karen, and Guillaume. 
Check out patreon.com slash beatmyguest for details. And now back to me for the second half of this week's episode. And welcome back to Beat My Guest. My guest this week is Asha Youssef. And when we last left Asha, she was sitting on 10 points, working on the following halftime bonus question from 1983 through 1986. There were nine musical acts which appeared on the year-end ARC Weekly Top 100 Artists List that had an O word somewhere in their name. For two points each, I've asked Asha to name any five of these nine O artists. Asha, whenever you're ready, let me know what you've got. It's a little too early for Oasis. Um, feel like your album wall there is going to help me out just a tad bit, hopefully. Ah, the infamous <laughs> album wall that everybody uh, comments on. It's uh, it is a, a piece of uh, of eye candy. Certainly, uh, I'm not sure. Oh, it's from the right era. I'll give you. I'll agree to that. A lot of these albums are from the right era, but uh, I'm not sure you're going to find any help there. Okay, well, I'm going to go with Oingo Boingo. Okay, that's one. Holland Oats, Billy Ocean, and I'm kind of hitting a wall, and I know I'm not in the right time frame, but let's go with Tony Orlando, and that's all I got. (laughs) (laughs) That's all you got. All right, well, I don't think you're going to be too disappointed with your answers here. Uh, You certainly were not shut out. I will uh, read you the nine names on my list from 1983 through 1986. These artists finished the year on the ARC Weekly Top 100 Artist List. We're going to kick things off with, I know, I know, I know people, I know, but it's an O word. I had to include it just to be fair. A flock of seagulls. Wow. I know. <laughs> I know. I was trying to think of somebody that had an of in it, and I couldn't come up with anything. Uh, it's the only one that's like a cheat like that. Yeah. But, you know, I had to include it because it's not wrong. Uh, you know, and if I said it was wrong, then I'd have to run so far away. Uh, <laughs> next on the list, uh, let's see if you can, uh, for no bonus points, Asha, tell me what song they're uh, famous for. Ollie and Jerry. Got nothing. <laughs> uh, well, they are, of course, the hit makers uh, responsible for Breakin', There's No Stopping Us, and the uh, non-hit Electric Boogaloo <laughs> comes from Breakin' 2. Electric yes. Boogaloo. <laughs> Ollie and Jerry. Uh, hey, for a time. <laughs> and only for the time between 83 and 86. And possibly only for two weeks. But nevertheless, <laughs> there they are. Uh, also on the list, Jeffrey Osborne. A little R&B on the list. Still hanging on in the mid to late 80s. Olivia Newton-John. I think most of the most of her good stuff was earlier, but uh, she was still hanging on there. Post uh, physical, post Xanadu, <laughs> but uh, nevertheless. <laughs> then uh, we have a band that was uh, spinning right round like a record baby, right round, 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 dead or alive. If you offered me a million dollars to come up with the band that sang that song, I wouldn't have been able to do it. At, it, at least it's not a it's not a preposition; it's a conjunction. <laughs> Thank you. Well, lolly, 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 get your adverbs here. Uh, <laughs> also on the list, 
and on my uh, album wall, but on the half of the album wall that you can't see, Daryl Hall and John Oates. Hall and Oates, two points for you. Well done. Then we have uh, a band that uh, liked to sing about Josie on her vacation far away. That would be The Outfield. Oh, yeah. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Yeah. Uh, and then we have uh, a John Hughes movie, uh, would not be complete without a little ditty from Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark, often known just by their initialism, OMD. They were big. OMG, I've never heard of them. <laughs> OMG, never heard of OMD. Well done. Well played, Asha. Well played. And the, probably the biggest artist on this list <sighs> get out of my trivia show get into my car hey hey you you it is, is indeed billy ocean singer of caribbean queen <laughs> yes <laughs> which i believe originally was called uh he actually i believe released versions for several different caribbean islands so i believe he originally wanted to call it jamaican queen and also trinidadian queen and uh Bahamian Queen, and then just uh, they said, just call it Caribbean Queen, will you? And no Kokomo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I think the Beach Boys were sitting on the rights to that for quite gotcha. some time. <laughs> Four points. Four points. All right, that's better than zero. I'm yeah. happy. He came into halftime with ten. Yeah, yeah. Left with fourteen, and now, ooh, I want to take you to round three. <laughs> Uh, come on, pretty mama. Point values are going to stay the same. Two, four, six, and eight. However, Asha, categories, they're, of course, going to change. And this is what they're going to be a changing to. Going to kick things off. Well, uh, why not stick where we were? We're going to start with music. And then we're going to move along to literature. Follow it up with Fungo. And we are going to wrap up round three with the mashup. But first things are first. Music, two, four, six, or eight. Based on the other categories, let's go eight and see what happens. Indeed, let's see what happens with eight and music. Good luck. Here is your question. The story of Molly and Desmond is chronicled in what song, which went unreleased in the United States as a single for eight years, and when it was released only reached as high as number 49 on the Billboard 100. What were their names again, please? Molly and Desmond. Were they on Penny's boat? <laughs> well, uh, you knew that if you didn't say it, <laughs> I was going to say it. <laughs> I'm going to let that one slip away, brother. Yeah, that was right there. I mean, what? me making lost references, that's a constant. <laughs> Molly and Desmond is not as catchy as Jack and Diane. So therefore, I can't think of a song that would have their names in it. So let's stick with Hollin' Outs and go Out of Touch. Out of Touch. A double O, indeed. Uh, so certainly, uh, well done on that regard. Unfortunately, uh, that answer is... Uh, well, you, answer, you answered uh, quickly, so you weren't out of time. But it's uh, <laughs> just put it out of your head, because it just ain't right. Uh, yeah, this surprisingly... Surprisingly, this song was not released as a single in the United States when it first came out. Desmond has a barrow in the marketplace. Molly is a singer in a band. 
Oh, blah, dee, oh, blah, da, life goes on. The Beatles song, oh, blah, dee, oh, blah, da. Paul wanted to release it, and the rest of the band vetoed it. And so it hit number one in a gazillion countries, but not here in the United States. And by the time they released it eight years later, well, it just wasn't as, as, as big a hit. And so only got as high as number 49. Cannot give you the points, but uh, hey, thanks for letting me sing. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> No, it's my show. I can do what I want. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that was a tough one. I, 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 I if you had, uh, you know, told me, you know, to, to list Beatles number ones, I'm sure I would have just added that to the list because I just assume every Beatles song was number one at some point somewhere. Exactly. In the right. But no, and it was not released in the UK either as a single. It was just very bizarre. I don't know what was up. I think the band was probably uh, not talking to each other so much and just uh, Paul wants it. I don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna see, you know, what Beatles song hit number 49? I would guess Octopus's Garden. That's what I would guess. <laughs> Starts with an O, it would work. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, didn't get that one, but we still have literature on tap. Two, four, or six, Asha. Let's go two. Two points for literature. Here is your question. Charles Dickens published three major works that would fit well in this week's episode. In order to get your two points, name any two of Charles Dickens' O novels. Hmm. Well, there's Oliver Twist. Well, thank you for getting that one. Uh, it makes me feel better <laughs> that, that I did. And, 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 of course, that's the reason I asked for two. Right. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, maybe on your, your, your triviality, that'd be enough. But <laughs> right. i beat my guest. Yeah, we're up in the ante a little bit. Yes. <sighs> Where's your Randy Macho Man Savage now? <laughs> Starting a, a non-existent feud. It's hilarious. <laughs> Please let them know I'm teasing. You know, it's four against one. I don't know if that's... Yeah, I've been listening lately. It sounds more like it's three against one. And <laughs> case. Two and a half. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we've got Oliver Twist and A Christmas Carol, which, you know, doesn't apply. And... He did not write The Old Man in the Sea or Outbreak. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drawing a blank. All I've got is Oliver Twist. You know, he, it, it's not O-Tail, O-Two Cities. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that. I'm like, oh, there's an of there. but <laughs> Yeah, wasn't going to count the of. <laughs> right. uh, I, I, I told you that. I, I just had to include it in the music round. We've got... We've got two ones that are they're lesser works, certainly, in terms of the, the massive library that is Charles Dickens. But uh, the old curiosity shop is oh, one. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I see the slap of the forehead there. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. And the other one, well, that would be our mutual friend. That one I did not know. Indeed. Indeed. It's all right. It is okay. It is okay. Tale of Two Cities technically would be considered one of his historical novels and therefore not considered uh, as one of his major works. It is a minor quibble in terms of classification, but it's what I'm going to use for anyone who said Tale of Two Cities. Ha ha. I've got you, AJ. Um, and shame on you if you're going to argue with me because shame on you. <laughs> I mean, feel free to argue with me. It's fine. I mean, not you, Usher. This is, this is going out to the, the people at large. Feel free to argue with me, uh, but just be forewarned if you argue with me and then sit in the hot seat. <clears throat> That's all I'm going to say. Uh, <laughs> Fungo is up next. One answer. 
with three clues pointing to said answer. Will you wager your four or will you wager your six? Well, I think hopefully history will hold and the ones you ask on the show are a little easier than the ones you had on Learned League. Hopefully. So I'll just go with... Let's go with six. Six points for Fungo. Good luck. And here we go. Clue number one. The last word of Manning's retirement speech. Clue number two. Part of a gambler's horse. Clue number three. Word printed on the wizard's balloon. Okay. As we discussed, the Kentucky Derby is this week, and there's been a lot of talk about a certain horse who ended up scratching, and I think he could have been one of the clues for this. Actually, his name is Omaha Beach. But I'm going to just shorten it and just go with Omaha. Because every time I hear the word, I think of Peyton Manning. Omaha is your answer? <laughs> yes. Uh, it, it, I like to say this uh, all the time. It doesn't matter how you get there. <laughs> just get there. You can meet me by rail car. No, never mind. I'm not, I don't even like that song. American Idol staple. Uh, so... There was a little bit of a, a bait here, of course, with the word printed on the wizard's balloon. I think many people might think it is Oz. That is that is the wizard I'm talking about, but that is not the word printed on his balloon. Uh, although, for some reason, he was claiming that he got lost uh, leaving Kansas, and that's where he was headed back to. He also claims that he was uh, at the Omaha State Fair, <laughs> which doesn't make sense, but it is the word that is on his balloon. <laughs> Omaha is correct. Well done, Asha. Six points for you. Indeed, when Peyton Manning retired, uh, the last word of his speech before he left was Omaha. He gave one last Omaha before he left the, the podium. And in this case, the gambling had nothing to do with horse racing, but rather a poker when in poker tournaments, they will sometimes play the game of horse, which is five different games. Texas Hold'em would be the H. Omaha would be the O. And Raz, seven card stud, and eights are better. Seven card stud, that would make up the horse. Again, if you got it because of the Kentucky Derby, <laughs> more power to you. No, I Six got it points. because of Peyton. <laughs> <laughs> Omaha! Omaha! Yeah, he said it was just it was just a word that he was he was going to say when he was running out of time, and so that's why he he, he told that story, and then he uh, finished uh, thanking everybody he wanted to thank, and then said Omaha because he had run out of time. It was it was, it was a very uh, poignant way to say goodbye, uh, and then of course he didn't actually go away because uh, we still hear him on our TV. Oh, well done! <laughs> I try. Uh, please. Don't try this at home. I'm a professional. <laughs> Four points is what's left for you. We've got the mashup. Another tricky, tricky, tricky wordplay type of question here. Two answers smooshed together by a common word or syllable. Are you ready for the mashup for four points, Asha? Sure. Good luck. And here we go. Multiple-time reality show contestant who once dated a Green Mile actor before making a celebrated stand by refusing to stand. I have two answers. They don't mash up. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently I need one other answer. Well, talk it out. Maybe it'll something come up while you're talking it out. Well, I 
think that Omarosa is the reality show lady because I do believe she dated Michael Clark Duncan or whatever iteration of those names is right. And Colin Kaepernick is just stuck in my head and I can't get away from it. Maybe Omarosa's last name is Colin. <laughs> I can say Omarosa Colin Kaepernick because I got nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. But always, that's why it's always, it's always good to talk it out. You never know. Uh, when a, a, a lucky Colin might come your way. <laughs> Never know. Never know. Not today, but <laughs> yeah, some so, other time, maybe. Yeah. Your name's Asha, not Aria. None of this not today <laughs> stuff. Uh, <laughs> well, you are partially correct. <laughs> yes, uh, Omarosa. You know, uh, Omarosa, she was uh, indeed uh, in a long-term relationship with Michael Kirk Duncan, who played John Coffey in The Green Mile, uh, and was with him until he uh, unfortunately suffered a heart attack and passed away. So there is that. Uh, Omarosa's actual name when she was on The Apprentice the first time, I believe, was Omarosa Manigold Starworth, uh, which is a hyphenate because I think she's been married several times. Never actually got married to Michael Clark Duncan, and I believe there was some litigation involved as to whether or not his will was on the up and up. But you know, that's that's neither here nor there. Omarosa's reputation is not the most sterling uh, <laughs> thing in the world. And so the mashup, you're supposed to smoosh together uh, two disparate things. I cannot think of anything more disparate from Omarosa than uh, the woman whose uh, refusal to stand on the bus and give up her seat. Oh, my gosh. Uh, that's yes. shame on me. No, you know what? Colin Kaepernick was a great answer. I didn't even think about that. Uh, just if I obviously didn't work in the mashup, but yes, we were looking for Omarosa Parks. Uh, it, it's an image. <laughs> Colin Kaepernick, yeah, Colin Kaepernick. Maybe, maybe if it was a uh, Colin Kaepernick Lachey, maybe it would be <laughs> refusing. There you go. Made a stand by refusing to stand uh, in ninety-eight degrees. <laughs> Too bad all those letters have already been done. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I don't mind saying it now, because by the time I get around to making ones that aren't letter-specific, I'll have forgotten all of these anyway, and so will my listeners, probably. <laughs> hey, still, not a uh, complete loss that round. You got six points in round three. I'm going to add those six to the 14 you had coming into round, which puts us at a fairly healthy 20 points. I mean, that's not too shabby at all as we head into round four, which, as you know, Asha, is the highest-scoring round of our game. The point values are going to increase to three, five, seven, and nine. And here are the categories that we're going to be using in this final round. Kicking things off with Who Done It? Following it up with Audio Hodgepodge, which admittedly is a bit of a lifestyle. And we're then going to move along to sports. And we are going to wrap up round four and our regulation play with television. But first things are first. Who Done It? Three, five, seven, or nine. Let's go with five already five points for whodunit good luck thank you here is your five point whodunit question born in 1933 this fordham grad would go on to win multiple emmys and peabody's and even played piano and the banjo with the boston pops he retired after a lengthy career rhyming on the radio in 2017 whodunit well ironically enough 
My father was born in 1933 and went to Fordham University to get his PhD. However, none of the rest of that applies. So and, and that's not going to be your answer. Your last name starts with an O. My last that, name starts with an O. Did your so. dad's as well? <laughs> yes. Okay. I didn't know if this was a married name. So, so <laughs> if all else fails, you can just say your father's well, name and at least, uh, you know, fight me. Hey, <laughs> I cannot pull it. So, sure. We'll just go with my dad, PJ Youssef. <laughs> PJ Youssef. <laughs> Not right, but you know. No, of course you'd be kicking yourself if I told you the answer was PJ O'Rourke, and <laughs> it's not. It's not, but that's that's where my head went. Um, so yeah, this is uh, a newsman. Uh, he spent most of his career with CBS, both on uh, television and on CBS radio. He's probably best known for uh, giving a uh, quirky uh, news story each and every Sunday, where he took kind of an only in Florida type story and would uh, turn it into a poem. And so he, he delivered the story complete in rhyming couplets for like two, three minutes. He was an inspiration to me as uh, I was a journalism major in college. And I had a really tough professor named Ron Hastings who never gave out A's. And the only A he ever gave me in class was the day that I wrote a story in the style of this gentleman. <laughs> and his name was Charles Osgood. Oh my goodness. That's wow. I did not know any of the rest of that about him. Very interesting. Yeah, he's a musician, and he's uh, he he's sung with the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. He's he's got a very interesting, wow. <laughs> yeah, very interesting uh, a life. Uh, the Osgood Files. No matter. Uh, although we were going to stay in the realm of of radio in terms of listening with our ears rather than watching with our eyes, as we move on to audio hodgepodge. Here's how it works. I am going to ask you a question. And then I'm going to play a little clip for you when I'm done playing the clip. Hopefully, the idea is you'll be able to have the correct answer to the Audio HodgePodge question. Before I ask you the question, are you going to wager three, seven, or nine? I'm going to wager three. Three points. She no longer trusts me, folks. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, here is your three-point Audio HodgePodge question, Asha. All you need to do to get three points is to tell me who plays the title character in this comedy clip from Saturday Night Live. Oh, well, that's the last of them. I can't believe notorious gangster Jackhammer Joe has been defeated. Sure is great to have a superhero around. Thanks a lot. We owe you one, Molecular. The Molecular Man! <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we can handle it from here. Thanks again. Remember, wherever evil lurks, I will be there. I wonder where he came from. I don't know. No one knows much of anything about Molecular. <laughs> the Molecular Man! <gasps> I've never seen that skit or heard that skit before, so that makes it a little more challenging. I have no idea how old it is or recent or anything. Um, but when comedian comes to mind, so I'm going to go with um, Bob Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk. He is definitely a comedian, and his name does start with O. So <laughs> that checks off two of the three checkboxes. Yes. <laughs> hey, you know. Yeah, Bob Odenkirk, of course, known for his sketch comedy on uh, Mr. Show with Bob and David, uh, along with David Cross. So definitely he's uh, 
Uh, he's got more to the drama these days with the uh, Better Call Saul, but uh, no, unfortunately, not not the one screaming the molecular man. Uh, that's the gimmick of this character is that his name is Molecula and. Every time someone mentions his name, he has to scream the molecular man. <laughs> I like it. Uh, and my favorite and my favorite part of the sketch is, of course, at the end, he goes down to Mexico and he screams, Los hombres moleculos. <laughs> and then the guy goes, Tu es moleculo. And he goes, Si. Sí. <laughs> it's a stupid character from a guy who used to write for Saturday Night Live, left for his own show, and then came back to host. And his name is Conan O'Brien. Conan O'Brien is the answer. <laughs> the molecular man. Well, I, 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 at least if, you did, if I didn't give you points, I know I gave you some mirth and merriment because I saw and heard you laughing throughout. <laughs> it is. I've never heard it. Two questions left. You have the two highest scores left in this round. Seven and nine. Sports is on tap. Asha, what say ye? Uh, seven. Seven for sports. Good luck. And here is your question. With 1,093 points scored, this often mononymous hoopster is the all-time leading scorer in Olympic basketball history. Who is he? Well, if he is who I think he is, his mononym would not be enough to qualify for an answer. So... I am going to go with Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal is your answer, and it was an answer I thought perhaps someone might say. Indeed, Shaq would definitely qualify as an often mononymous hoopster, uh, but Shaq is not our answer. This is not even an American ball player. Uh, This is a Brazilian basketball player who was in five different Olympic games, never uh, won a gold, but he probably had his biggest claim to fame in 1987 when uh, he pretty much single-handedly beat the United States college team uh, at the Pan Am Games. He scored 46 points, and pretty much he was launching three-pointers from all over the court, and each and everyone was going in, and people just, just, just could not stop him. He was known simply Oscar. You know, his name's Oscar Schmidt, but he was known as Oscar. <laughs> you know, the Brazilians like their mononyms. Well, if it was a P game, I would know the answer. Well, that might be a hint to our next <laughs> guest. I don't know. We'll have to see. Probably won't be Pele. <laughs> I would imagine not. Nor will I ask you to spell Nascimento. It's okay, folks. <laughs> Let it go. Uh, <laughs> one question left. It is our highest scoring question of the game because it is worth nine points. It is television. Do you like the television? Sure, I do. Hopefully this is from something that you've seen or maybe well, at least hope. heard of. Yep. Good luck. Here's your nine point television you. question. This Nick Jr. cartoon features a gentle blue octopus voiced by Fred Savage who tries his best to navigate life in the big city. What is it called? Okay. Well, that is a great question. I have a nephew who is 11, and when he was younger, there was some shows that he liked, and one of them, I believe, was about a bear named Oso. So I'm going to say Oso the Bear. 
so the bear is your answer. Uh, I, you know, I have a son who is uh, 14 as we record this episode, so certainly has aged out of Nick Jr. by uh, leaps and bounds here. <laughs> Uh, but yes, I I certainly do remember Oso. He's Oso oh special. D D D. He was like a secret agent bear. Yes. Oso, of course, Spanish for bear, I believe. Which is Indeed. Oso, yes. There was also a show where um, where all the characters were just hands, not hand puppets, but actual physical hands with eyeball, googly eyes on their on them, and they moved. You know, the thumb would move up and down to be the, to be the. Oh, mouth. I'm sorry, I missed that. Yeah, that was called. Ubi uh, and my friend Tyler Bunch played Grandpa. Uh, All right. Yeah, I, I, no, I didn't recognize his hand. I just saw him in the credit. But no, that is not the answer either. Uh, sometimes I like to do this. Sometimes I like to bracket my games. The first answer to our game was Oswald. The last answer to our game was Oswald. The octopus is named Oswald. The show is Oswald. Oswald was the answer. Fred Savage has one of the most calm, relaxing voices. He does a lot of uh, commercial voiceovers, and he's always talking like this. And he's the octopus who wants to go in the big city. And he had a friend on the show called Henry, Henry the Penguin, and he was voiced by David Lander, who did Squiggy. And so the contrast is like, I want to go out to the big city. Well, Oswald, we got to go to the big city. Absolutely. <laughs> Levine. It's just crazy. Uh, no points for you in that round, right. sadly. Sadly, no points. Uh, I, I think you just like the odd-numbered rounds better than the even-numbered rounds, but tis no, yeah, tis no matter. 20 points, still a fairly healthy score, and we are not done yet. Oh, nay, nay. It is time for the confidence question. Asha, your last chance to try and improve your final score. Only one question is before you. Only one answer is required. I will give you the category. And you must, must, wager between one and ten points, get it right, and I will add it to your score, and happily so. But, ooh, ooh, ooh. Asha, get it wrong. Not only will you lose those precious points, but I am going to put you in a room, sit you down, and no matter what answer you give to any question asked of you for the rest of your life, you are going to hear the molecular mass. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope I get it right then. Indeed. And perhaps you shall, because as we are doing this season, I have asked everyone in my hot seat to offer up three potential categories for the confidence question. Asha has graciously done so, and I have deviously selected the one that I think will be the best. So I ask you, on a scale of 1 to 10, how confident are you in Harry Potter? Okay, let's go with five. Five points for your Harry Potter question. I will say, I am saying otherwise, the answers do not have to start with the letter O, which means the O is in the question. Good luck, Asha. Here we go. The owls are kind of like the AP tests of the wizarding world. And Hermione Granger, as you might expect, achieved owls in 10 out of the 12 possible subjects that you can do so. Asha, to get your five points, tell me what two classes does she not get these top honors in? Okay, that is a fabulous question. I know one of the two is Defense Against the Dark Arts. Because they were teasing her that she did not get an O in that. 
You are correct. In the Defense Against Dark Arts, uh, she did not get top, top honors, but she did still pass the L. Oh, she did. She did. Yeah. She got an A instead of an O. Yes. So what two classes does she not take owls in? Okay. Let's say care of magical creatures and divination. Okay. Care of magical creatures and divination. Asha just knows too much for her own good here. <laughs> Uh, you know, top honors to me was the collective top honors, gotcha, as opposed to perfect score top honors. Yes. So, you again, you weren't wrong, I just needed to clarify it. Well, I appreciate you doing that for me. Yeah. No, I wasn't gonna let you give the wrong answer there because, <laughs> because yes, uh, she gets nine, she gets, she gets nine top, top. Oh, she gets nine O's and one one excellence or, or A or whatever, you know, however, yeah. the second the second best. And that is indeed in Defense Against Dark Arts. And they do uh, make fun of her a little bit for that. Uh, but she's still got 10. I mean, come on. Right. Uh, yes. When they originally uh, discussed this in uh, one of the books later on in the series, I believe it was the Half-Blood Prince. The first printing had her with 11 owls. And people on Reddit basically said, what do you... 11 owls no she she only got she was only taking 10 classes how could she possibly get 11 oh owls <laughs> and they actually had to go back and reprint that page in future printings of the book to correct the mistake because they realized that that uh, jk had uh, math wrong oh my. <laughs> jk wasn't good on the maths she had she had screwed up her own uh, her own book but that's on the, i blame the editors for that more than anything else hermione granger took a lot of classes of course the time turner helped her take a lot of those classes because Indeed. she was able to double up uh which is why when everyone else was taking five classes uh she was taking uh 10 she did not get along very well with the uh reading of the tea leaves that uh, professor trelawney was doing there and so she quit that class which is why she absolutely did not take the owl in divination so well done there excellent however oh <sighs> The other class in which she did not take part, uh, primarily because she, A, didn't need to, because she was pretty much a, you know, how kind of like native speakers of Spanish won't take Spanish. She didn't feel the need to. And yes, she also did not want to get uh, teased and perhaps called a mudblood. Yes, muggle studies was the other class in which she did not take the owl. You got one out of two there. And you know what? In order to maintain consistency, I'm going to call this one a wash. I'm going to call this one a wash. I've done it before this season, simply because it's the alphabet season. And I know this this, this was not a required to be answered to no, but I'm feeling kind of uh, generous in hell. I, for one, am going to honor precedent in this country if perhaps some people on uh, certain Supreme Courts in, in our legal system will not. <laughs> You're going to keep your points for this. 20 points is your final score, Ashna. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, don't thank me. Thank the United States Constitution. Uh, <laughs> Asha, you've been a delight in the hot thank seat. Thank you. Uh, is there anything you would like to say, to plug, to uh, get off your chest uh, before I kick you out of the hot seat? Now is your time to do so. Well, one thing I always ask my nephew that drives him crazy is, what is something nice you've done for somebody else lately? Which she usually responds, I said hi to somebody. Is that right? Okay, fine. So make sure you do something nice for somebody. Very good, very good. Yeah, pay it forward. And thank you for having me. Went much better than I was 
fearing. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I appreciate you uh, taking the time. Uh, amongst our many technical difficulties, I'm glad we finally got it uh, settled here. This was yes. an absolute blast on my end. I, I, I'm glad you had fun as well. Uh, thank you so much for your patronage. If anyone else wants to participate uh, in contributing a little bit for the cause, helping to make more episodes like this possible, yeah, you can re-listen to Halftime, or you can just go to <laughs> Patreon dot com slash beat my guest i appreciate it asha and uh, appreciate everyone who is listening uh asha though get out of the hot seat <laughs> all right gladly <laughs> thank you all for listening thank you asha for playing we will be back next week insert pee pun here <laughs> i gotta go i gotta go pee anyway <laughs> take care <laughs> bye bye did you beat our guest, or did our guest beat you? Tell us all about it on Twitter at BMGPod. Also, please review and rate us on iTunes. And if you like what you've heard, spread the word. This is absolutely not been a Mark Goodson, Bill Todd production.